Today's message is titled, Never Forget. Imagine that. This Memorial Weekend, we remember and we honor those who served in the military. Those who made the ultimate sacrifice when they died in the line of duty. The free dictionary defines, and I'm not getting this, so there we go. Something such as a monument or holiday intended to celebrate or honor the memory of a person or an event. Jesus said in John 15, 13, I'm going to let you stick with me, okay? This isn't working. John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. If you've lost a loved one, somebody who was serving when they died, would you lift your hand up? Could I, not to embarrass anybody, but would you stand if, if that's you? And stay standing. We want to thank you because not only did your loved one give the ultimate sacrifice, but you continue to pay that price. And that is because that person is no longer here with you. And we want to thank you that your loved one died defending this great country. We'd like to pray with you if you wouldn't mind. Extend a hand toward these folks who are standing. Heavenly Father, eternal God, we stand before you today as a nation of people who are free, in great part because of the brave men and women who gave their lives for this country. Because of their great sacrifices, we can meet today and worship your most holy name in freedom. We pray for those standing in the grief and emptiness that they've had to endure to keep this nation safe. We ask that you bless these families for their deep loss. Help us, O oh God, to continue to remember every soldier in all branches of service who made this ultimate sacrifice for us. We pray this all today in your precious and mighty name, in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. A memorial is meant to be a sign that reminds us of some significant thing from our past. Some of you are going to relate to this better than others. Someone once said, the older I get, the less I remember. Anybody? You know, as I was putting this together, I started to think about things from my early years. How many remember learning how to ride a bike? Yeah. How many remember the scars from when you fell learning to ride a bike? <laughs> Some of you still have them probably. You know, isn't that funny? Years ago, we didn't have training wheels. We just put, a, they put, them on, put us on that bike and just went... Usually on a downhill thing, so. And we survived. A first crush on a boy or a girl. <laughs> Remember that? Some of you younger kids are going, <laughs> Graduation, for those of you who made it. Or maybe you got your GED. If you didn't get it, get it. It's 
never too late. I'm proof of that. <laughs> Getting married. Another big thing that we remember, right? Don't forget that day. Especially a year later in the birth of our children. I, I witnessed everyone being born. I went in the delivery room and I'll never forget any one of them. The day our children are potty trained. I'm talking all of them. We had four boys, so when they were all potty trained, man, we had time left over. No more stinky diapers. Here's a big one. The day we said yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget that day. But as much as we remember these, we also need to remember the hard times, the hard events, the horrendous things that have happened in our society. And, and recently, and I'm just trying to kind of fill in where, where I remember things. I was five years old when President Kennedy was shot. November the 22nd, 1963. And I remember that day. We were watching TV, and I just I didn't understand it so much. I just knew everybody in my family was crying. The assassination of Martin Luther King, April 4th, 1968. And that led to riots across this nation because people were grieved and broken and had said, enough, enough. 911, 9-11. The destruction of the Twin Towers. Who remembers that? If you were old enough, sure you do. Do you remember what you were doing that day? I, I remember it like it was yesterday. How many remember the COVID outbreak? Did you know that started supposedly December 31st, 2019? The last day of 2019 is when they felt the first influx of that disease or outbreak hit us. We'll never forget this time period. And of course, we'll remember what happened a week and a half ago. The tornado of Gaylord, Michigan. Who knew? We set up memorials that help us to remember important events or people that you and I should never forget. But what happens if we forget our past? Somebody said it. British statement Winston Churchill wrote, those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So wisdom dictates that when we remember our past, we can better prepare for our future, and perhaps avoid some of the mistakes that we have made through time. How many of you dads have tried to instruct your children, helping them, reminding them, telling them of things you did when you were young, stupid things that cost you in an effort to what? Prevent them from making the same mistakes that you made. And how many of your kids listened? 
there is this rebellious nature in every one of us. We do not want to admit that our parents know more than we do. Even though they lived it. There are some things that we never want to forget. As a person, as a nation, as a global population. On a personal note, and this is to everybody here, if a person keeps doing the same harmful things over and over and over, there is little hope of ever escaping that cycle of destruction. You've got to end it somewhere. How many have repeatedly made bad decisions and you're like, don't raise your hand? <laughs> Probably everybody in here would be. I got three up. Most want to forget. But hear me, it's important that you remember the pain and the destruction of your past, of our past as humans. You need to set up a memorial of sorts to remind you and hopefully to help you not repeat it. Everybody say, not repeat it. By remembering the past and the things that harmed you, you will be better prepared to avoid those things in the future. How many know there is a real enemy, a real devil? And he knows, he knows how to press your buttons. He knows how to entice you. He knows how to tempt you. He studies you. And it is only by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit that we get the victory. Years ago, many, many, many years ago, I started smoking. I was 11. By the time I was in my early 20s, I smoked four packs of Marlboros a day. Now, this is back when a pack was 20. I don't know what they are now. I think you get five for five bucks. I, they're so expensive, I don't know how anybody smokes, to be honest. But just to, just to let this sink in, that's 80 cigarettes a day. And I, I didn't figure out how many minutes that would have taken up in my life. But pretty much, I had one of those sticking out of my face all day long. It's been almost 40 years. You don't have to clap. You don't have to clap. It was a struggle. But here's the thing. <laughs> I have been stopped at a light waiting for the light to turn green. And somebody around me was smoking in their car. And that snuck in through my ventilator. And I went, and I went, you know what it did? Automatically, I went back, Mike, I went back to drinking a cup of coffee and having that thing. Because that was what I lived for. First thing out of bed, coffee, cigarette. In that instant, and, and this has happened to me recently, it's like, Satan, get behind me. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. My Memorial Day. <laughs> Got it up already. What I would do is I would go and I would sniff that ashtray. Because a lot of guys around me at the time smoked. 
I don't do it anymore. I don't need that anymore. But back at, when I first was delivered from cigarettes, I'd just take a whiff or I'd look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That's nasty. Can you get the smell? How many can smell it even without it being in front of you, right? It's gross. Some of you are probably going, man, I need a cigarette. Here's the thing. I realized I stunk. And, and this is, if you smoke, this is nothing against you, but I am telling you what it is. I mean, it, this is truth, right? I stunk. My clothes stunk until they were washed. My breath stunk. Now, my wife's not here, but I was just going to say if you're watching online, I'm sorry, I don't even know how you kissed me back then. What we call it? Ashtray mouth, right? Ugh! Nasty. We need to remember our past. And listen, the biggest reason that I wanted to quit back then was because I looked to my future. I had four impressionable boys. And when God delivered me the second time, because I wasn't smart enough the first time to let it go, the second time at 26 years old, I had four boys, and I knew the statistics said that if I kept smoking, they would be a smoker. 91% of kids who are raised in a smoking household will end up smoking. And I feel so much better without it. I can breathe. Hallelujah. And again, I'm not here to pick on anybody that smokes, but it's killing you. Just saying. Our past helps us to better prepare not to make the same mistakes in our future. The Lord wants us to know His plans for His children are to give you a hope in the future. Jeremiah 29, 11. I had one of the ladies remind me of this last week. She said it was stamped on her arm, I think. Jeremiah 29, 11. Can you put that up? That'd be awesome. Stay with me. For I know the plans I have for you. Says, Say it with me. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. A future and a hope. I am dyslexic too. <laughs> if we eliminate the reminders, we'll never, we will forget and repeat those things like slavery, for example. Yes, we need to remember the millions, millions of Africans who were enslaved in the South and, are, and even more so around the globe. That's just in the U.S., let us never forget. We need to remember the soldiers who were killed in the war. And there have been many wars, as you saw the numbers behind me. And, and I think that last number was a little low. Uh, this was actually produced a couple of years ago. But just so you know, though, I think we're close to 400 million now in the U.S. Let us remember the cost of freedom. Amen? And we need to remember those who were in the Jewish Holocaust. How many know how many people died? Men, women, boys, and girls. Six million people 
were forced into these concentration camps under the German army in World War II. And many died a horrendous death. And they were tortured, etc., etc. By remembering people and events from our past, no matter how painful, we can learn and hopefully not repeat those atrocities. Can I get a good amen? Amen. God wants us to remember certain things. He wants us to remember when we committed our lives to Him. I said this earlier. Never forget the day that you became born again. Your born again date. He wants us to know His promises and that He made covenant with some of our ancestors. Do you remember Noah? (laughs) What did God ask of Noah? Build a boat. Hadn't rained yet? Nope. But he told him to build a boat. And what did everybody around him say? You foolish old man. Thankfully, Noah listened. God also made covenant with Abraham and with Moses. That's why it's important to read the Old Testament, right? That's the the beginning of this book. The first, what are there, 40 chapters or 40 books? 66. But how many are in the Old Testament? Thirty-nine. All right. And that that number is close. But 66 total books. We need to read all of the Bible. Not just the New Testament, although that's a good place to start if you're a new Christian. But remember, the Old Testament is chock full of things God said to us through our ancestors. Promises He made covenants that he established with them. And I want to look at one of them in just a minute. Remember the great flood in Genesis. And this, is, this was a time, and you, see, you read this in uh, Genesis 6, verses 5 to 8. I, don't ha- I won't have it up behind me, but just so you know, Genesis 6, 5 to 8, God said, I am so frustrated with the wickedness of man that I've decided I'm wiping them out. Now, how many are glad that didn't happen? Because if it had, we wouldn't be here today, right? God said, I've had enough. But then he saw one man, Noah, and he said, wait, wait, wait. There's a righteous man over there. Because of Noah, I'm not going to wipe them all out. But instead, I'm going to have him build an ark, and I'm going to put a pair of every animal on the planet that's, that's land-walking, air-breathing, and I'm going to have them safe in this ark, and then I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood. A cataclysmic flood. Forty days and forty nights it would last. You'll find this again in Genesis 6, 5-8. to 8. And Noah built the ark. A boat, 450 feet long. And the animals came. And they entered the ark. And the Bible says that God shut the door 
and sealed it. You know that ark represents a future event? And that is salvation in Jesus. When you get on Jesus' boat, you're safe from everything going on around us. It was an image of God's salvation. And he intended for us to see that he was going to take care of things. Even though we messed up, even though we broke the code by sinning, God had another plan, a way for us to still get to him, to still spend everlasting life with him. And that was through Jesus. But back here in this day, and I'm going to read some of this here in just a minute, I want you to see that God made a promise. And that promise is still valid today. Noah and his family, they entered the ark. I believe there were eight of them total. And the animals that were on there that settled on Mount Ararat after the floods began to lower. And it, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. The, the open heaven wasn't in a good way back then. It was floodwaters. And then what ended, it took, I believe, almost six months for that boat to settle down on top of Mount Ararat where they began to see little things sprouting up. Vegetation. Things that animals could live on. God wanted to give the earth a fresh start. Everything was new as the animals, the birds, Noah's family, as they left the ark and began to flourish. And on that mountaintop, God made a covenant with Noah. What is a covenant? I know we have kids in here. The Anchor Yale Bible says, a covenant is an agreement enacted between two parties in which one or both make promises under oath to perform or refrain from certain actions stipulated in advance. How cool is that? Some covenants rely on both parties. Some only rely on one. In Genesis 9, the covenant God made with man was that he would never completely flood the earth again. That's the next slide. Hebrews 6, 18 says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable. Say unchangeable. unchangeable. Because it is impossible for God to lie. How many knew that? Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, see, that's that symbol of us running to God like he's the ark. As we have fled to him for refuge, can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And what is that hope? Jesus, that we will spend forever with him in heaven. Eternity is going to be a beautiful thing. And how long is eternity? Amen. I want to point out the covenant that God made. Genesis 9, verses 8 and 9 and 10. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants 
Tell your neighbor, I'm Noah's descendant. You know we all are? Think about that. We often give Adam and Eve credit, but honestly, God wiped everything out except for Noah and his family. They were it. So we all come from him. All right? Noah is our grandfather. Should have probably been a few more. With all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, all the wild animals, every living creature on earth, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. How many can say that's good news? God's covenant with Noah said he would never bring a flood to destroy this planet again. Does that mean there will never be a flood? No. There can be local floods. That doesn't change God's covenant. But God will never wipe out man again. At least with a flood. Did you say that over there? I figured. Then God gave a sign to remember that this oath he made with Noah and his family and the animals was true. Genesis 9, 12 and 13. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and all the living creatures for all generations to come. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, we're all those generations. We're the generations to come, right? Verse 13, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. How many of you have ever seen a rainbow? Come on, right? Everybody, I hope, unless you can't see. And I don't mean to make fun. There are people who can't see. And they've never seen a rainbow, as beautiful as it is. But for those who do have their sight, you can see the rainbow, right? They're beautiful. And every time you see it, it's a reminder not only to you, but to God, I will never again wipe out the earth. Finishing this up, when I send clouds over the earth, verse 14, the rainbow will appear in the clouds and I will remember my covenant with you. And with, Do you think God would forget anyway? No. So this is really for who? It's for us. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I'll remember the eternal covenant. Hello? What does that mean? Forever. Between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant that I am confirming with all the creatures on the earth. When you see that rainbow, remember God remembers. Remember God remembers. And it represents His covenant with our ancestor Noah and all of his lineage, and that includes us. He will never forget the oath that he made. Was that the only covenant God cut with, with man? No, there were many others. And listen, I, I jumped over a couple just because we have kids in here, and I didn't want to have to explain that to you, and then have the, you have to explain that to them, if you know what I mean. Like the covenant that he cut with Moses. 
If you knew the word, you would know what I'm saying to you. Moving on. I want to jump to the New Testament. God made a covenant with us. With those who trust in Jesus. That they would be saved. Jesus told his disciples in, at the Last Supper in Luke 22.20. This cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with His blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. The new covenant was established in Jesus' blood. The Apostle Paul wrote that we were to remember this covenant when we took communion. We're going to do that next week. But here's the thing. Jesus said of the bread, this is My body. 1 Corinthians 11.24 What? Do this in remembrance of Me. Verse 25, Jesus said of the fruit of the vine, this cup is the new covenant between God and His people. An agreement confirmed with My blood. Do this to what? Remember Me as often as you drink it. Do this to what? Fill in the blank. Remember me. Go ahead and put that last one up. Why did Jesus want us to remember him? Was he that vain? Was he like one of the modern pop stars? Don't you just love me? <laughs> Do you have my poster on your wall? Was that Jesus' intent? Are you looking at what's coming? Show that next passage. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Say it with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. What was Jesus' intent? He wanted us to know that He was and is the only way to have a hope and a future. You want your name written in God's book? You want to be one of His children? You have to go through Him. You have to say yes to the covenant that Jesus cut. The new covenant that was established in His blood. When we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to God's new covenant. Every man, woman, boy, and girl is invited to covenant with God. The writer of Hebrews 8, 6 says of Jesus, but now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For He is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on what? How many want better promises? Then you need to what? Covenant with Jesus. There's no other way. The covenants God made with man in the Old Testament, they did not accomplish perfection. But the covenant God established through Jesus, it is perfection. We aren't perfect, 
until we receive our glorified bodies. I'm not going to get into that today. But John, Jesus said in John 3.16, thanks Aaron for stealing that one for, from me, it, it, although it doesn't hurt to hear it twice. For God loved the world. Read it with me, please. For God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. This is the covenant that God established with you and me. This is why it's so important that we understand the covenants that God has made with us. We must tell everyone about the new covenant in Christ. Tell your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, oh my goodness, I've, I've got a great-grandchild coming. Ah! I'm ancient. You'll get your day, Claudia. Paul, speaking of this covenant in Ephesians 2, 11-13. Would you put that up for me? There you go. Do not forget, you Gentiles were once outsiders. What's a Gentile? A non-Jew. You lived in the world without God and without hope. All of us are Gentiles in this room unless you're Jewish. So this applies to everybody here. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God. Remember those days? Huh? What was it like? Does anybody have fond memories? I mean, it doesn't. there were things that were probably good. People gave you birthday presents on your birthday and stuff. Maybe you got Jay's cards. Go fishing. But when we were away from God, our life couldn't be good. Because our future wasn't bright. Without God, what is the future? Endless darkness, endless separation from God. Never knowing what true love means. But with God, <laughs> you'll know it all. You'll experience His love, His blessings, His promises. Everything good is going to be yours. It is yours if you're a child of His. Finishing this up. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through that's the covenant. Through the blood of Christ, we have salvation. We have eternal life in Jesus. And remember, just as the rainbow was a sign of the covenant with Noah, there is a sign for this new covenant. Often people wear it as jewelry, but go ahead and put that last one up. The cross is a sign of God's covenant. Two pieces of wood nailed together. That's how Jesus died on that Golgotha Hill, Skull Hill, outside of the city of Jerusalem. And he paid the ultimate price so that we might have life 
and life more abundant. Would you stand as Sarah comes up and plays softly? When you come into covenant with God, the Lord never forgets. That's good news. You don't have to worry about God forgetting the day that you gave your life to Him. It's written indelibly on His heart forever. And He will know you as His child, as His son, as His daughter. If you have covenanted with Him. But here's the thing, and and this is important. With any covenant or oath, both parties have to say yes. They have to agree. How do you agree with the covenant of God? How do you agree that Jesus died for your sins By saying yes. Lord, I believe in Jesus. I believe in my heart that He took my place on that cross where I should have been. He paid the ultimate price with His life. Perfect Jesus. Sinless Fully God, fully man. He became the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. But you have to say yes to Him. And by saying yes, what you're saying is, Lord, I want a covenant with You. I want to remember what You did for me. I never want to forget it. And I want to spend forever with You when that day comes. When you call me home, when this piece of muscle in my chest stops beating, I want to know where I'm going to be. I want to spend forever with you, Lord. And to, to know, to, to have that assurance, all you need to do is confess your sins to Him and believe in your heart that you are saved. I'm going to ha- ask with everybody's head bowed just for a moment. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I'd like you to pray with me. I want to be sure. I want a covenant with God today. Just lift your hand up so I can see it real quick. Yep, yep. Anybody else? Others? Thank you. You can put them down if you already raised them. Thank you. We want to pray with you as a family because I believe we are a family. We are the body of Christ. We represent Jesus in this place. And I believe this with my heart, that if you say this prayer and you believe it that God is standing right in front of you which scripture says where two or more gather in his name he is in your midst I believe Jesus is here the Holy Spirit is here and he's waiting for you he's been waiting for you to say yes to him to covenant with him but let me just say this before we pray one last thing this isn't the the do all thing here When you say yes to Jesus, this is the beginning of your new life with Him. Are you going to still struggle? Yes. But you're not alone. That's the beautiful part of this. God is with you. God has covenanted with you. His angels will be loosed about you when you need it most. 
You're His kid from this day forward once you've confessed your sin to Him and put your trust in Jesus. You're His kid and He takes care of His family. But there's work ahead. So I just I want you to know this as we pray because some think, well, I prayed the prayer, now it's done. No, this is just the beginning. This is just the start of something awesome and wonderful. All right, let's pray with them. Everybody say this with me, would you? Heavenly Father, thank You for the new covenant established in the blood of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Today, I run to You. You are my refuge. You are my strength. Just as Noah went into the boat, I run to Jesus. Lord, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. Help me to live for You all the days that I have left. And Lord, I look forward to living with You forever. I dedicate my life to You. On this May 29th, 2022, I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. My Lord, my Savior, my King. Amen. Hallelujah. We have... A couple of things for you if you'd like to avail yourself of this. If you prayed that prayer and you meant business, we have the little green booklet called The Start of Something Wonderful by my old pastor. Not He's not old, but he, anyway, my pastor, Dave Williams, Dr. Dave now. Uh, we'd like to give that to you. Grab one on the way out. Also, if you need a Bible, just tell them. We've got some Bibles for you. It's the Old and New Testament and the NIV, and uh, that will be yours as well. So we love you. There's no charge for that. Just grow in the Lord. Be a Berean. That means study the Bible and uh, watch what God does with you next. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the moment you've all been waiting. No. We have a potluck after the service. It's, it's on the other end of the building and uh, in the children's room, if you know where that is. We are, I'm sorry, if you don't like hot dogs, there might be some other things, but we're having hot dogs, that's the main course. But they're beef hot dogs, all right, they're the good ones. Um, We're going to spend some time with each other, if you can hang out, don't worry, if you didn't bring a dish to pass, there's going to be plenty of food, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we can all head that way, I think. Is there anybody in charge that can tell me, are we ready? (laughs) Could, Could you ask... Marie, or are they all made? They're ready? Well, Mike cooked them, so. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for everything you're doing with this family of believers. Uh, Bless us, Lord, today. Just help us to be a strong light in this very dark world. Help us to share our testimony, to share the love of God, and to bring others into covenant with you. Lord, bless the food in the hands that have prepared it. Uh, Just keep everybody safe as we enjoy each other's company today. 
and we love you, and we commit this people into your hands. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy each other's time company today.